previously on Growing Up Gilmore. I'm like about to write fan fiction about it. I'm sure it already exists. She's putting on a pair of Lorelai's shoes. Oh my God. You know, I never made that connection. It's very symbolic. I hate you. <laughs> I don't think Rachel would have been happy there long term. I think she Unless thinks... it was with Lorelai. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're the only one that's disturbed, Kirk. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Hello, everyone. This is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. This week, we are tackling Season 1, Episode 19, PSI, Low, Love You? Love You. Love You? I don't know, but this is a good one. This will give us lots to discuss. And and more Rachel. And more Rachel for... Like the last time, right? No. She's not in season two. This isn't... She, this isn't the finale, but this will be one of the last times we see her. One of the last times. Yes. Okay. Okay. So before we dive into the episode, let's dive into the writer and director. Sure. I'm going to start off with the director. Okay. Um, so we have had him before. It's Lev L. Spiro. He directed Double Date. Oh, okay. Okay. So this okay. will be the last time we see him, though. Oh, okay. Once we start working on our video component, I would, I would, will show pictures if yes. they're available of the writer and director. Yeah, we're actually like practicing it right now. Yeah. So we're on video, but you will never see this. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but. I wish you could see what Lev El Spiro looks like. Let's post a picture on Instagram. Okay. It's pretty cool. Okay. Um, I also want to do a quick, because he has a huge bio, Mm -hmm. and I love when they have a huge bio, because I think it's really funny. Okay. So I'm just going to, like, read it out for you a little bit. Just not all of it, okay? Calm down. Okay. I'm fine. I won't (laughs) edit it out, okay? Okay. His bio is as cool as his mustache, his handlebar mustache. Okay. After earning a dual bachelor's degree in political science and communication arts from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and a master's degree in film production from the University of Texas of Austin, Spiro broke into directing and writing. Oh, he totally wrote this. Yeah. I just cut that short because that goes on. In the past (laughs) decades, Mr. Spiro has directed many one-hour drama and a half-hour single camera comedy pilots and episodes episodes for both network and cable. Episodic television work includes multiple episodes from the acclaimed series Weeds, 2005, Arrested Development, 2003, Ugly Betty, 2006, Everybody Hates Chris, 2005, The O.C., 2003, Gilmore Girls, 2000, and many more. Dawson's Creek, could have put that on there. Got a problem with Spiro now. So yeah, that was his bio. And it ends, it's much longer but it ends with saying Spiro lives and works in Los Angeles with his wife, screenwriter Melissa Rosenberg, and their dog Zuma. Is and, this like a dating profile? <laughs> like what? Well, he's married. Well, maybe they're. I, yeah, you never know open. these days. Yeah. <clears throat> so, our writers, writers is Elena Rada, 
Agata. We've had her before. She wrote for Constant Interruptus. Okay, okay. And her previous work includes The Crosby Show, Seventh Heaven, and then the co-writer is Joan Winder Weiss. We've previously seen her in Love and War and Snow, Paris is Burning, Star-Crossed Lovers, and Other Strangers. And then the next episode that she'll write after this one will be Like Mother, Like Daughter, and that will be the end. I love that two. episode. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So familiar faces this time around. Yes. All right. All right. I can dig it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this episode story-wise is really well written. So I'll be watching more for, like, direction. Yeah. Because I feel like the last episode did not offer a lot well, direction. Direct- it's hard because, like, I think a lot of people think of direction as, like, the person behind the camera. Right. And it's so much more than that. Yeah. You know, that's more, like, cinematography or whatnot. Yeah. But um, I think it's hard to point out all the things with direction because they do so much, you know, if it's a well-executed show um, episode, then I think it can be different. That's a -hmm. good indicator of a good director. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that maybe we need to talk about more in depth is like what we are looking for when we're talking about like the writing or the directing. So maybe as we go into season two, we can Mm -hmm. spend a little time on the season two first episode or even just like a recap yeah just like kind of unless you're like in the business too though it's kind of hard to know because there's so many writers and i've never done been a part of something like that where there's story editors and you know what their whole breakdown is with when they write an episode right are they are they given a story well i think they meet I think that's what um, Lauren Graham said in her book. Like that yeah, they, they have, have like, to, a, like a meeting. production meeting. Yeah, and the writers yeah. sit down with them and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's just interesting because I think so often we just watch things to just watch it, mm-hmm. and it's pretty rare that people take like the opportunity to like sit down and really analyze what they're watching, unless you're accustomed to that which yeah you know we are paying more closely attention now than i ever have in my entire life mm-hmm. so it it does feel different in that way but yeah, I, mean, I, I have never done that before with a it might just happen to come into my knowledge that i know that this person's worked on this project before right but it's kind of fun to see how everyone in that just kind of jumps around to different shows yeah yeah i think that would be really hard for me personally to be able to do like an episode of gilmore girls and then the cosby show and then Mm -hmm. well i mean those were not even in the same decade i need like a whole like baby project like Mm -hmm. fleabag like if i was like to do something like that yeah but nope i agree completely so i think that's something we'll tackle as we get to season two, because we have one or two more episodes left, depending on how long the finale is. We mm-hmm. might do a two-parter for that. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards that, just because I think there's a lot more for us to unpack at the end of the season, because we can talk about it then as a whole as mm-hmm. well. Um, but I think as we go into season two, it will be structurally important for us to talk about those aspects and kind of dive into what we're not like what we're looking for, but what what we deem to be a part of the writing and the directing and what 
we are looking at when we talk about those things. Because mm-hmm. now that we have a whole season, almost an entire season under our belt, I think that would be beneficial for the following season. So Definitely. Yeah. So without further ado, let us get started on PSI. Loathe you love. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, we open with the Gilmore Girls sitting at Luke's Diner, and they are playing a game called One, Two, Three, He's Yours. And they decide, because Rory can't wake up, they decide this will be a game that'll be fun and get her kind of energized and ready for the day. So they play One, Two, Three, Lorelai goes first. So they say one, and then they look out the window, and it's an old man. And she says, pass. They look again, two. And it's a young kid. She says, pass. And then Luke comes to the table and offers them coffee. And Rory says, well, since Luke came to the table, doesn't that make him three? And he's like, I'm not playing. And Lorelai goes, of course you're not. It's my turn. (laughs) And they decide it doesn't count because Luke doesn't want to play. He doesn't even want to know what it's about. So they say, okay, one, two, three. And they look and it's Kirk. (laughs) But doesn't she say... Um, doesn't that make Luke your husband then? Because mm-hmm. she passed on the first two. Yes. Which yep. is so, like, foreshadowing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think Rory knows what she's doing. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. So. And Luke is three. Hello. Mm-hmm. But they settle on Kirk being three. And she's like, oh, Kirk. And Rory goes, Daddy. <laughs> and he comes inside. Luke goes up to him and says, congratulations, man. And Luke's like, thank you. Or Kirk goes, thank you. And then Rory and Lorelai are laughing. And he says, oh, did somebody put that kick me sign on my back again? And he's like trying to get it off. And then before he leaves, he's like, I have asthma. (laughs) And then leaves. And then they decide it's Rory's turn to play. So they go, the camera does this really great, like, zoom in on the two of them, like a pan in on them. And then they go one, and they both look out the window, and lo and behold, it's Dean. Of course. And that's where it ends. That's a nice intro. It is a great intro. I want to play one, two, three. Okay. Let's play it later. Yeah, I was going to say there's only one guy here right now. (laughs) (laughs) We can stand in the lobby of my apartment and play one, two, three with the people that come in. Yeah. And they'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'll get reported to management. Daddy. Although there's no one here because it's like we're in the middle of a blizzard right now. <laughs> Everyone's hunkered down in their apartments. So there's no way we would see anyone. Hmm. But very Lorelai snow. Very Lorelai. But uh, what do you think? Do you think Rory would have picked Dean? Uh, yeah. Mm. No. You don't think so? Well, they didn't continue to play. I think no, that was like didn't. unspoken, like, oh. Okay, game over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think she would have picked him, and I think that's why the game was over. Yeah. Yeah. I do wish Lorelai would have picked Luke. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we are with Lorelai at the Independence Inn, and Michelle answers a phone call, and it's... Max Medina. It's Max Medina. And he says he needs to speak to Miss Gilmore. And Michelle says she's busy. And he says, I need 
to speak to Miss Gilmore. Uh, no, you don't. She's busy at her place of employment where she does a job. Don't call her at work. And Michelle's like, is this business or personal? It's personal. And then Michelle, like, throws the phone at Lorelai. So. Yeah, really throws it. She answers the phone. And in a roundabout way, Max says, you know, we've been having these great phone call conversations. Because need I remind all of you that Max basically pressured Lorelai into talking to him on the phone all the time. So apparently she's been doing that for a few weeks now, and he feels like they are ready to go on a date. And there's this moment where they cut to Lorelai, and we recorded it because we do want your input on it, because Elise thinks that she is cringing at first. It was like a cringe, like a, ooh. Like, a, like I don't know if I'm ready for that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like an excitement. It wasn't like, yes, you know, there mm-hmm. was, that, it was very subtle. Yeah. So we're going to post a poll on TikTok and Instagram to see what you think about it. Um, I, there does seem to be some hesitation there. I don't know if it's cringe or if it's hesitation, mm-hmm. but there's something there yeah. for sure. So, I'm sure for her, because she has not told Rory yet, she's like, uh, I have to kind of figure out that whole situation, because her and Rory were kind of in this, like, single woman's club thing that they had going on, but I don't know. So, she says, that sounds great, they're gonna go to the same restaurant they went to last time, and basically try again. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Overall? Yeah. I'm still... I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking... Is... I'm still coming off from the last episode where Lorelai saw Rachel and Luke. Yeah. Is she now doubling down with Max because of that or... Yep. I think that's exactly it. Honestly. It's a deflecting strategy Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that's exactly what it is and i think she's kind of at the point where she's desperate and she'll date anybody who dates her because she go that far oh i would because you have to be desperate to date max yeah but some people really like him I'm not one of those people. I know me either, so... I mean, she's not desperate enough to date Rune. We can all agree (laughs) on that. But I do think her running back to something that she knows was not working is not okay. Yeah. But then you could also argue, is it not working because she has insecurities about relationships and doesn't want it to work? Or is it not working because he is not a good person? Okay. This is heavy. A, I want to say I don't think Max is a bad person. Right. Not that I'm disagreeing with you completely. I think he sucks. Yeah, but he's, he's boring. Not, he's like He's not like a an anti-hero or anything like that. He's eggshell paint. Yeah. Like he's, he's neutral. Just, he's just beige. Yeah. And I like beige, all right, I guess, but mm-hmm. you know, you don't date beige. You don't 
not Lorelai doesn't date beige. Right. I should say. And she wouldn't live a life that she wanted with beige. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she just wouldn't. It's very sex in the city. Actually. I just thought of that. I know it is totally. Um, but, Oh, what was that for first part of what you were saying? I said, is it, he's a bad guy or is it that she is? Oh, worried about not giving it a chance basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like she usually does. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's part of that. I think that they haven't been together long enough or in the in the past yeah. to rule it out. It isn't as deep as you know, a, a serious relationship. So I can see why she might think maybe I need to work on this a little bit personally. Yeah, I could see that too. Just being like they had only dated for a few months. Yeah. Before and she wanted to call it quits and made all the excuses in the book to call it quits mm-hmm. when maybe she, yeah. it deserves more of a chance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm very much like a cut your losses and move on kind of person. So I feel very strongly and just being like, let the dude go. Yeah. But not everyone is like that. Yeah, and I think also it's interesting because we have to keep in mind Lorelai's age, that she's like 32, and so naturally as a person you're going to, you evolve how you date, even from, you know, your teens to your 20s to your 30s to Mm -hmm. your 40s, it's going to change. Yeah. And more Max are having relationships like Max and dating them for a couple months. Maybe she's just starting to grow out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. She's evolving and she wants to try to evolve. It's just not listening to her. Before she would listen to her instincts, I think, more. Where she would just cut them. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because we don't really see much of, you know, what she was like before she was 32. Right. It's just implied through whatnot. Yeah. By other characters. and Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I guess I, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Mainly because... Is she hiding this from Rory because she thinks it's a bad idea? Or is she hiding this from Rory because of Dean? I, I, I think that she uses... We can get into this a little bit more later, but I think she's using Dean as an too. excuse. I do, too. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that will come up again as this episode plays on. I want to save a little bit of that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We are now with Lane and Rory. They are leaving the market. Well, excuse me. Lane is leaving the market after picking things up for Rory. And it's very clear that Rory does not want to go into the market for fear that Dean is possibly working. So Lane gets her everything she needs and then tells her he is not working on Wednesdays. And she's go. Lane tells her, you know, that little list that you keep track of in your head of when he's there, when he's not there. And Rory's like, I don't have a list. And they keep walking. And then Lane says, well, what are you doing tonight? Rory says, I'm just doing homework. What are you doing? And she says, I'm working on a science project with my science partner and that's where she leaves that story and then Rory says are you sure about Wednesday she says yes I'm sure I asked and then Rory picks out this takes out this little notepad 
that has must have notes on when when he is where so she doesn't have to see him at that point we do this really great transition where it like pans away from them but it's then panning to Lorelai walking down the street with these huge lilies in her arms and she runs into Luke who's walking out of the cat club with a gift bag Lorelai immediately gives him crap and, and asks like what are you doing there why do you have a gift bag from there and she finds out that inside of the gift bag is a little cat pot holder that meows when you push a button and Luke says that that's for Rachel for her birthday and at that moment I realized that my husband is getting his gift ideas from Luke Danes on the Gilmore Girls <laughs> but Lorelai's like you cannot give her that that's not a good gift and he's like well I don't know what to get her she doesn't even like birthdays and Lorelai offers to pick out a few things for him and he can decide what to get her from there. And I don't know how I would feel knowing that another woman picked out mm -hmm. my present. Yeah, I have a lot to talk about this with. Yeah. Um, and Luke is totally fine with it. He's like, she likes clean and simple nature. She likes elephants and candles. Maybe you could get her a candle shaped like an elephant. Mm -hmm. And Lorelai's like, no, no, I'll, I got this. And I think she's smart in that. Well, I'll save that because we have a lot to discuss when we get to that part. Mm -hmm. But I do think this is an interesting choice. Yep. I think that with before we get into all of what she does, because I can't wait to discuss that, but what Lorelai picks out and everything. Mm -hmm. But with Luke taking her up on the offer. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Cause I just know that he just, like he says, I hate malls and mm -hmm. he, hates uh, he does shopping. not do it with like a malicious intent at all. Because like his love language, like we've discussed before, like Emily's is giving things. Emily likes to give people things. Mm -hmm. He likes to take, you know, help you out. Acts of service. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is just like not his thing. He's not going to sit there and overthink a gift. No. No. Maybe he would if it was Lorelai. I don't know. Well, we see what he gives Lorelai. Yeah. And it's it, it's extreme. Yeah. Even for the wedding, what he gives her yeah. is like over the top. And I'm like, you couldn't pick out a gift for <laughs> Rachel, but you can make this massive... <laughs> wooden structure like mm -hmm. sometimes it's not about the relationship or it's not about the person it's about the relationship yeah because that's very much before we even get into that like we i want to save that but that's very symbolic of who he is as a person to that gift yep that he gives her yeah and maybe that that's the next episode isn't it or is that season two that's season two because i <sighs> We have to wait to talk about it. Fine. Yeah, okay. but yeah. So it's just interesting. I think that he's not um, doing it like he wants anything from Lorelai. No, he thinks Lorelai is my friend and she's helping me out. Yeah. And at this moment, I don't know if Lorelai is 
I, I think that some of this is kind of devised personally once we get into what she gets her. But I don't know if she thought of it at that moment to right. make it like yeah. that. So we can discuss it more when we get to When the, we get there. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. Our next scene brings us to Dean walking into Kim's Antiques. And Mrs. Kim, like, immediately slams the door and she's like, what are you doing here? Why are you calling for Lane? And Lane comes downstairs and she's like, this is my science partner. And she's like, oh, science partner? Are you talking about reproduction? She's like, no, we're, uh, mold, spores, fungus. fungus. And Mrs. Kim says, all right, follow me. And she brings her to this like longer table and she says, you sit here and you sit here. And when I come back, no one will move their chairs. I see all. And then she walks away. Lane and Dean start to work on their project. And as they are flipping through, the subject of Rory comes up. And he asks how Rory is. And Lane says she's good-ish. More good than ish. And he says, how-ish. And Lane says, well, she's not going into the market. And he said, doesn't she know I don't work on Wednesdays? She said, yeah, we figured that out. And she goes, can I ask you a personal question? He goes, you can. I might not answer. She says, do you think that you and Rory will ever get back together? And he goes, let's go back to working on our project. At that point, uh, Rory comes in and sees the two of them sitting there. And she's like, oh, I, I should have called. I'm sorry. And she runs off and Lane runs after her and says, stop, stop. It's okay. I, I'm sorry. I didn't want to tell you that we are partners. And Rory says, I understand. It's, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm just going to go. And for me, that kind of begs the question of does in that moment, does Rory think there's something going on between Lane and Dean or is she just upset that Dean left out that they are partners on this project? I feel like with her age, I'm leaning because she's younger, that she might be worried that there's something going on because Lane didn't tell her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's like a big thing to leave out. Yeah, Absolutely. I do also wonder if she is having some feelings of betrayal mm -hmm. and trying to make sense of why Lane would even want to work with him in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like, whose side are you on kind of thing, which I guess goes hand in hand with betrayal. But I, I sense that there's something deeper going on here that Rory really isn't getting to. She's pissed. Yeah. She's pissed. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, Lane didn't and, tell her they were working on a project. Yeah, she said that they had a science project, but yeah. earlier she said that she had a science project. Right. She just left out the partner. Yeah. And Lane is very boy crazy. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean... I think she's just mad. 
for I not knowing, for, you for know. lane keeping. Like, I always feel like if you are eliminating details, you are also eliminating the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure she feels like Rory not telling her is her holding back from what is true. Or Lane not telling or, her. Yeah, yep. excuse me, Lane not telling her is... You know, Rory's like, why would you keep this from me? What are you really hiding then? Yeah. And did she walk in and hear that Dean was like, let's not talk about Rory. Yeah, maybe. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, as a teenager, not a great situation to walk into. <laughs> um, when you, your ex and your best friend are talking, you're kind of like, uh, wait a second, I should be involved in this conversation. Because it's about me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think in the moment it's hard, but I think Rory is smart enough to understand, like, the logistics of the situation. Yeah. She just needs time to get there. Mm-hmm. It is the next day, and Rory is sleeping in bed. It must be later in the day. It can't be later in the day, because she says she's going to be late for school. Mm-hmm. But... Lorelai comes in and tries to wake her up and says, it's time to get up. Do you think I am more beautiful today than I was yesterday? And you can tell she's trying to get Rory to be cheery or smile or whatever, because clearly she's having a rough time. And Lorelai even calls her out and says, I know you've been in a funk. Why don't you come with me to the mall? We'll go shopping. You can play hooky today and skip school. And Rory is like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to go to the mall and, like, leave me alone. I think she even says, like, no offense, but get out. And Lorelai's like, all right, well, just meet me in town at 4 o'clock then, and we'll have Indian food and spoil our dinner. And I wonder if she was going to have Rory go with her to pick out stuff for Rachel. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how Rory would have felt about that. I don't know. Yeah, she would have been, she would have had to have been helping her. Yeah, and I think uh, probably not a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I know. feel like it also would have been like an excuse to be like, see, both me and Rory did it. So if it were to be found out, maybe? Yeah, true. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, but Rory's not interested. So she goes to school, and Lorelai goes to the mall by herself. So this next scene is uh, an exciting one. Yes. We are back at Luke's diner with Luke and Lorelai. Lorelai comes in with 10 different shopping bags from Bloomingdale's and Luke is completely thrown off because she really was only supposed to buy one thing for Rachel. And he asks for his credit card back and looks at it and says it looks tired. (laughs) Lorelai presents him with the two things that she bought for Rachel. She bought Rachel the book Out of Africa because she said there was a a, a time where they were all talking and she said she had never read the book. And so she got the book and Luke was like, I don't remember that. But he's like, you gave her a book? And she said, yeah, and she can put it in this brand new leather camera case. And she pulls out this beautiful brown leather camera case and says she's gonna have to buy a new one eventually her current one is nylon and it's falling apart and luke says okay so something practical something that she would need 
and says it's a great idea. And he goes, well, what's all this other stuff then? And Lorelai goes, well, I had two pretzels and the sugar in me was just like getting me all jazzed up and Bloomingdale's had a sale and I got these suits like 175% off. And every time he says no, she like raised the percentage off. They were like, it was 175, then it was 175,000, then it was 650,000% off. And he is very against it. But she says, don't you want to have a nice outfit to wear for your date tonight? And he's like, no, I'm, I like my look. I don't want to change my look. And she said, it would be nice for you to wear like a nice suit. And it begs the question why she feels the need to control what he's going to wear on a date with his girlfriend, where she's not involved at all. And is saying he needs to wear something new or that he'd feel better in something new. And it's like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, try the pants on, try the sweater on, try all this stuff on. And he's like, get away from me, you mental patient. <laughs> and that's where the scene ends. And I think there's kind of a lot to unpack here. Yeah. But this isn't the the end end of the scene. Yeah. So I think we need to wait to unpack until we see the whole thing. That's why I'm being kind of quiet. Okay. But I have okay. a lot to say. At Chilton, Rory is sitting in class, Max Medina's class. And I find it interesting that we have not discussed or seen that she still has class with him. Like, I imagine that would be awkward. Yeah. But I don't know. She is not invested whatsoever in what he is saying. She's staring out the window, looking longingly, and Paris notices she's not listening and gets Madeline and Louise to notice that she is not listening. And Max gives this assignment and sees that Rory is not listening and says, does, how does that sound, Miss Gilmore? And she doesn't respond And Paris, like, pushes a book off her desk to make it slam. So Rory, like, jolts up. And Paris is like, oops, sorry. And Max asks her if she heard the assignment. She said no. He repeats himself. And then class is over. And he asks to talk to her after class. Now, being a teacher myself in that situation, I would want to talk to the student. Being that he has a history with her mom, I don't think it's appropriate. Yeah. I think that's there's got to be like a line somewhere there. And he asks, you know, is everything all right? Are you I know you're going through a tough time to which Rory asks, what do you mean going through a tough time? I'm what are you talking about? And he goes, I know breakups are hard. And she's like, where did you hear about a breakup? To which Rory then finds out that Lorelai has been talking to Max for three weeks. And she says, are you dating? He's like, no, we we have plans to maybe get dinner, but we're not dating, dating. And Rory just wants to leave. Because I think the next thing she says is, bus, if I keep talking, I'm going to miss it. And she runs to grab the bus. And Max is like, okay. And she's like, thanks for the talk. And this is not going to go well for Lorelai. Yeah. uh, 
I just can't believe that Max just always brings up that relationship mm-hmm. at school. It's just... It's not appropriate. I also don't like that he feels like he needs to be this, like, fatherly figure. Yeah. Because that's how it comes off, considering that he and Lorelai dated. Mm-hmm. Where, like, if he was just a teacher asking if she was okay... I would feel differently about it, but because they have, like, this other dynamic to their relationship, it doesn't feel appropriate. Yeah, and it's like he's always fishing a little bit for information. Now, that, not that I think he was searching for information yeah. to start off with, but then when he finds out that Lorelai hasn't mentioned anything about them talking, it crossed into, now this is about him. Yep. Yeah. And I know he's just going to overanalyze. And why aren't you talking to to Rory about us talking? Or what's wrong with us talking? And it's like, this kind of falls on Lorelai. Mm-hmm. It really falls on Lorelai to be like, you need to own up to what you're doing. You need to, if you're going to continue to date this person, you need to tell your daughter. Like, yeah. what? what is... Holding you back from telling her. The only thing I can think of is maybe Lorelai wasn't sure if she wanted to pursue. Um, pursue, and sure. then that's maybe where some of that hesitation that I we spotted at the beginning came from. Maybe that's why she hasn't told Rory. It's yeah. because she wasn't sure yet mm-hmm. if they were just talking. Yeah, but I feel like you're not. You're not just going to be talking to someone to figure out whether or not you need to date. Yeah. It's like either you are doing this with the intention to date or I don't think there is any other intention here. That was the intention when they started talking yeah. on the phone. Yeah. So it's maybe like for why... him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's. It's that comes down to that boundary thing, though, too. Mm-hmm. But it becomes tricky because that's her teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess I just have a lot of issues with the boundaries surrounding this. And Lorelai is not good with boundaries. He is not good with boundaries. Oh, God, no. And I just really want Lorelai to... Fully think this through for a change instead of feeling like she's stuck. Mm-hmm. And maybe he is the one because who I thought was the one isn't interested anymore. Yeah. I don't know. So, but there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack in the next scene, too. So I think let's just get to unpacking okay. the rest of this. <laughs> We are back at the diner, and Luke is trying things on regrettably, and he comes out with this these black dress pants and this black sweater, and he's like, I hate this, I look ridiculous, and Lorelai's like, that's because you're not wearing your belt, and she pulls a belt out of a bag and starts helping him put the belt on, and he's like, I know how to put on a belt, and he gets it on, and she says, oh, well, you missed a loop. And starts to help him and says he needs to put on this jacket and she's putting the jacket on him 
excuse me, she's putting the jacket on him and then says, oh, you missed, you missed your loop. Let me help you with that. And while she's like finessing the suit, Rachel walks in and she goes, it's not what it's, it's Lorelai says, it's not what it looks like. And Rachel goes, it looks like you're dressing him. She goes, okay, well then it is what it looks like. And Luke says, yeah, six trillion percent off. How can you fight with something like that or whatever? And she's like, okay. And Lorelai's like, all right, well, I'm going to get going. Bye, Rachel. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh, bye. And Luke says, I'm going to go change. I don't know about anybody else out there, but if I was Rachel in this situation, I would not be happy. No, I'd be like, I liked what he was wearing before. I like his flannel. And you're sitting here dressing him like he's applying to be Tony Soprano's bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. I get that (laughs) reference now. (laughs) I just... Yeah, it's not a good look, Lorelai. And I, I don't know if she... I don't understand the intention, and I think that's why I'm having such a hard time with it. Yeah, because, like, previously in the previous scene, I thought when I watched this, because I was also multitasking, I didn't realize that she, when she bought the Out of Africa book, that Luke was there when they had the conversation about it. Right. So then I was like, well, that's really kind of way to get a gift that you know that she'll know that you picked it out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that that got but debunked. But if he was there, yeah, that's different. So now I'm like kind of torn back where I was before. I'm like, well, I don't know why she's doing this where she knows Rachel could walk in. Or... And they're in public. Like they're in the middle of the diner. Yeah. It's weird. It's performative. It's very performative. And part of me is like, this is not appropriate. Well, it wouldn't be appropriate in his room either. No, that'd be worse, but still. Yeah, I would be pissed if I was Rachel, too. <clears throat> and she has this look on her face like, what the hell did I just walk into? And I mean, she almost... doesn't even seem pissed, though. She just seems like, okay. <laughs> yeah, to me, that seems pissed, though. Okay, yeah. Because I think I would probably do the same thing where I'd be like, okay, but then I'd continue it with what the hell is going on here. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, like, he's an adult man. He can dress himself. He does not need Lorelai's help to put a belt on. No. That's her way of physically touching him. And yeah, it just crosses a, a boundary, I think. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if he and Rachel are actively trying to date and make it a better situation, there needs to be boundaries between him and Lorelai. And because Luke has never dated someone, Lorelai does not understand what those boundaries need to be. Mm-hmm. Because Lorelai has never had to draw boundaries with Luke. She just doesn't bring her men there. That's her boundary. (laughs) But she doesn't... Luke can't draw that boundary because he owns the diner. Mm -hmm. And she's going to go. So how do they draw a boundary? 
Well, yeah. They both know it was unspoken. It was unspoken when Rachel walked in that they knew... They made a mistake. It was inappropriate. Or, like, could be misinterpreted. Right. For me, if it can be misinterpreted, then there's something probably wrong. Yeah. Right? If there's room for that. If there is any ounce of you that feels guilty for what Rachel just walked into, there's something wrong with it. Yeah. You should just probably not do anything that might come off Mm -hmm. shady. Right. And they both looked guilty as hell when she walked in. And they were, like, stammering. They couldn't find the words. Something's going on. Yeah. And now she's going to know the gift was from... From Lorelai. Mm-hmm. There's no way she will not know. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know because Rachel or um, Lorelai didn't know that Rachel wouldn't be there. So I she mean, showed true. up with all that stuff and she's like, where's Rachel? And he's like, she's out taking pictures. And she's like, perfect. Yeah. And then unloads all of that. Yeah. But like she knew that there was a chance Rachel would be there. Mm-hmm. So was yeah. that her doing that, you know, maybe just in case so Rachel would kind of know? Like, this is my footprint a little bit? I don't know. Like, peeing in her territory? Like a little, that? Yeah, kind of a little bit like, hey, you know, like... I know you two are dating, but this is... This is me. This is my place. This is... Like, almost kind of like her little thing, like, her fingerprints on him. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Like, he got you this gift because it was from me, and I thought of it, and I made him look sharp, and it was free, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did that. I'm responsible for that. And maybe that's her way of, like, helping Rachel out, and she has, in her mind, she's continued on that role from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Where Rachel was like, put a good word in for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know, though, because I kind of doubt it because she seemed n- so, like, oh, Yeah. Uh, taken out, like, her breath taken away from her at the last episode at the very end. Mm-hmm. When she saw Luke and Rachel. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. I... I... It's hard for me to kind of put into words as to what I think is going through Rachel's mind at this point, because I just know how I would react. Yeah. And I would not be happy. I think for Rachel, she is starting to see that maybe this friendship goes a little deeper than she had thought originally. Yeah, well, I mean... I think she even kind of saw it in the beginning. Well, yeah, that picture of the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. she, she because she is a photographer, she has the ability to look at things from a different perspective. Uh-huh. That's like what why it helps so much to have done theater and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, because I think she f- sees something in Luke and Lorelai that they do not see themselves yet. Mm-hmm. And I think she can tell there's a long journey or that they have like destiny on their side or something i think she can pick up on that more than they can and i Mm -hmm. think that's why things kind of fall apart between rachel and luke yep 
Yeah, it's hard to say. Like you said, you know, in your perspective, you would be pissed. Yeah. But I don't know about Rachel, though. I don't think so. I think for her, it's like this is solidifying what I was feeling or what I thought would be the outcome. Yeah. She's just like very... I think Rachel, I think me and your husband were actually talking about this when you were getting things ready for the podcast. And we're like, Rachel is just not a toxic person. No, no. And I think she has the maturity to look at that situation and just be like, well, that sucks. Yeah. You know, but okay. You at know. least he'll be happy. That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe not at this. Maybe she hasn't got to that point quite yet in this right. moment. Yeah. But I think that it's probably leading there. I think it's an insightful moment for her. Yeah. Because she can see, like, okay, this is a little more serious than I thought it was. And maybe it's also reaffirming to her, like, this isn't just in my head. Yeah. There is something else going on here. Because I would be done if I saw that and I already knew Lorelai or whoever would be the Lorelai in my life. If I saw something like that happen and I knew the dynamic between the person I was seeing and their dynamic with that, I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that I've grown past this to, I've, I don't need to be. Yeah. Messing with this. No. No thanks. And I think she's already so unsure because she's like, I think I want to settle down. I don't know if I want to settle down. And I think her uncertainty and then seeing that is solidifying. So what do you think about Lorelai going in there and getting the gifts? And do you think that was intentional? Or I do think I it's, mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do not think it started as a way to intentionally hurt Rachel. I think it was, we're just friends. This is what friends do. I'll help you pick out a gift for your girlfriend. I think where it changes and becomes inappropriate is that she was picking out clothes for him. Like, if she would have just purchased... If she would have just purchased the gift, that feels different to me, where she did exactly what she said. She didn't cross any boundaries, but she didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I think Lorelai crossing the boundary was picking out the clothes. And I don't know if Lorelai knows that that's crossing a boundary because I don't think she has enough experience with boundaries to understand that's what she did. Yeah. Well, yeah, because she wasn't using her money either. She was using his money. Right. Which makes her step into a wife kind of role. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, and I'm like... Where I can would she tell what you spend or our money? Almost. Would she tell Max that she picked out clothes for Luke? No, no. So, but what I'm asking too is, do you think this is intentional? Do you think she's sitting there and kind of subconsciously? I think the way that she left makes it seem like yes. Because mm-hmm. 
Because she just grabbed her bag and she was like, I guess I should be going and then leaves. Like, I gotta, yeah. It's like, she's like, I gotta get my hand. Like, I, it's like something she put on her list of like, oh, I'm losing Luke. So I better give him extra attention this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it does feel intentional at the end. I don't think it started that way. But I think where it ends, it comes off that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't like to feel that way about Lorelai because I I don't really see her as like a conniving or no. like, you know. I don't either. A manipulating person. But then we also have to remember who her mother is. <laughs> and there is like a sense of that to her too. Yeah. And I think when it when we see glimpses of her that way. It unfortunately comes down to it's involved with men. It always is. That's when she kind of, um, it's a really sad, unfortunate I know. quality to have to yeah. just want people to want you just for out of the sake of it. Yeah. That's like really insecure. To the point where you're like willing to ruin someone else's relationship for it. Yeah. And ruin other people, too. Like, their happiness or, like, you know, we. I don't like Max, and so I don't really get mad about it, but she put him on the hook. Yeah. She has done that a lot, and it's to make herself feel better, and I think that's a really unfortunate quality about Lorelai. It's a very... And I love her. It's a very toxic. <laughs> yeah. It's very toxic. Although and... I don't think she's mean, Because I've seen people do that before, and they're mean. Right. I think, but does it come to a point where she plays it off as not being mean? And it is mean. Yeah. That's the question. Is she just... And that's kind of the hard part. A shapeshifter that way. And I think that's something that's really going to come to fruition in season two. Because... We do see moments of Lorelai being mean mm. and not accepting and really like giving a lot of pushback for something that doesn't require pushback right away. Mm. Um, and I, I think it's healthy to have a character that has faults like this. Oh, yeah. Like, that speaks to the writing immensely, and that speaks to the characters that Amy Sherman Palladino created. Because in what world are these women going to be perfect? Mm-hmm. It's not possible. And it's it's healthy to see them have major flaws. Yep. Because, I mean, that is just in, in movies and TV in general. People do not like the woman to be a villain character. Like, no. she's not supposed to be flawed. But yet we we hail Tony Soprano. We hail Don Draper. We hail Walter White. Mm-hmm. You know, these are, like, mm-hmm. very flawed men who are, like, problematic characters. Yeah. And we, like, crucify women if they have, like, little flaws like that mm-hmm. and in television or movies. So it is really, for me, I like a flaw in, in any character. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, but I can do the same thing with Tony Soprano and Walter White and Don Draper. I can say, hey, I really hate this quality, but mm-hmm. still love them. Yeah. And I think that this is my 
biggest problem I have with Lorelai. What is your biggest problem? I really do think it's that she values her worth on men. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's unfortunate. It's really hard, too, because I think so many people put this show on a pedestal because it's like women empowering. And it's like, are we watching the same show? Like, it's they have a lot of flaws. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I think it can be looked at as empowering in certain ways. I think so, too. And um, I have been guilty of saying that it's like this amazing, life-changing, mind-altering show. It's not, but I love it. Mm -hmm. And I can accept it for the flaws that it presents me with because it's more real. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are real people in our lives that we see and... Honestly, doing this podcast has really opened my eyes to the perspectives of people around me more. Mm -hmm. Because while I'm sitting here analyzing these characters, I'm like, that reminds me of so-and-so. Or, gosh, I think I did that to someone one time. (laughs) And you're, like, starting to think inwardly about Mm -hmm. everything. And... That is a good television show. Yeah, that what I think is so sweet and so endearing and charming and great and amazing and everything about this show is that it can be deep and it can be simple and you can watch it and have it in the background and it's lighthearted mm-hmm. and it just seems like that. And it, upon my first, I don't know, initial thought of what Gilmore Girls was, was that it was just going to be light. Mm-hmm. And fluffy, and it can be that, mm-hmm. but it can be a lot. There's a, it's like an onion. There's a lot of layers to it. What a good Shrek reference! I know. I <laughs> thought of Shrek too. I think because you started watching it when you were staying with us, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is going to change your life." <laughs> and we watched the first episode, and you were like, "Yeah, it's good." <laughs> I was well, like, like I've always wait. wanted. I always wanted to watch it, though. Yeah, it was always on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, later on in life, not when, not so much when I was a teenager, but right. No, I mean, it. Yeah, you have to like get over the hump because mm-hmm. I'm watch. I'm like used to watching like HBO shows, so it was a little yeah, that's different. a little different. Now I am the one watching HBO shows, and <laughs> I'm like, this is not Gilmore Girls. <laughs> this is not WB television. <laughs> But I think I think Amy Sherman Palladino just has such a gift with writing characters that come off as an authentic human. Like, we can look at it and know that that is a real person. Mm-hmm. Somewhere we know that person. And for me, that has allowed me to work through a lot of things in my life mm-hmm. with this television show, which is very weird to say as someone who is like paying a lot of money for therapy on top of <laughs> everything else. But it's, it is, it allows me to look inwardly. And I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. But I think with Lorelai, there is such a stereotype with this show that it's like you're either a Lorelai or you're a Rory or you're an Emily or this. And I know we've joked about that in the past, but 
it's really important to remember that they have very toxic traits too. Yeah, super toxic traits. But I don't know, that's what makes their characters so great too, is Mm -hmm. that I can look at them and be like, they're like, to sit there and be able to ask you, do you think this was like intentional, whether Lorelai did this or not? Because they feel so real. Because that's what you would do with somebody in real life. You'd be like, Oh, was that shady or was, or am I overthinking it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's a testament to the writing and the acting and oh, so great. Right. And I think that's how we look at relationships in real life too. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. we want to ask ourselves, are we overanalyzing? Are we overthinking this or is it what you see is what you get? Mm-hmm. And I think with this show, it is not always what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. We're like... I started watching Sopranos, and with Tony Soprano, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Well, for the most part, I'm only we can't talk barely, about that right now, Amy. I know. <laughs> Stay tuned because I'm pretty sure our next podcast will be a Sopranos podcast. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It just there's something different about these characters that makes it feel more real. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what that that means for Lorelai at this point. But I do think that it has put up major red flags for Rachel. Yeah. <clears throat> I would be like, shoot. I don't yeah. know. I know. I'd be like, well, I, I like Lorelai. Rachel. I know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I'm Let's just, kidding. just like see where this goes. Okay. We are now with Lane sitting outside of Stars Hollow High with two cups of coffee waiting for Rory to get off the bus. She meets Rory off the bus and she says, I wanted to bring you coffee because you always like coffee and I just wanted to apologize. And Rory tells her, I don't need protection. You don't need to protect me. And Lane's like, okay, well, I guess next time you're walking on the sidewalk and you're about to run into oncoming traffic, I'll just push you. And Rory says, that's great. That sounds great. That's exactly what I want. And she's like, fine, fine, fine. And then they split and go separate ways. Lorelai sees the end of that and comes up to Rory and says, what's going on? Where's Lane going? And Rory tells Lorelai that Mr. Medina basically cornered her and talked to her about her bad breakup and that they were talking about it and that she's talking to Max again. And Lorelai's like, I'm sorry, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to hurt your feelings about Dean and I was just trying to protect you. And that sets Rory off big time to the point where she says, well, just let me know when you guys are broken up again, okay? And Lorelai's like, what? And she's like, that's what's going to happen anyway, so just let me know when you're in the final inning so I can prepare myself again. And Lorelai's like, uh, even an alternate universe, Rory, is not this mean. You need to apologize to me. And she half-ass apologizes. She's just like, I apologize. And... She's like, I'm going home. Lorelai says, yeah, when we get home, you're going to work on that apology because that apology sucks. 
And she goes into the market to get light bulbs, and Rory says, I'll just meet you at home. Well, when Lorelai comes back, Rory is gone. She is not at home. And she comes in kind of lighthearted, saying, like, I'm back for round two. I got silly string in case, you know, it gets crazy, and Rory's nowhere to be found. Now, do you think Lorelai blaming it on Dean is genuine? No. Why do you think she didn't tell Rory? I I personally think that she wasn't sure yet. Yeah. I think so, too. I also think that while what Rory said was harsh, it was not far from the truth. Yeah. And... I think Rory is starting to realize that her mom has issues with men Mm -hmm. and it's frustrating. It's annoying and she doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. That might be part of the reason why Lorelai didn't want to tell her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I'm sure it's probably embarrassing. It gets to a point where you have people in your life that are constantly like a revolving door and have so many issues and you can't, Nobody wants to keep up with that. The roller coaster, like, it's just like a never, it's just never ending. I mean. Yeah, and it gets to a point where you have to just take care of yourself. And I think that's what Rory's doing. She's like, I'm sick of people wanting to protect me. I need to look out for myself at this point. Because I'm not going to get better with people just, like, whispering around me or protecting me from things. And I think she's sick of it. And she wants an out. So she gets out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of leaning towards maybe that's why Lorelai didn't tell her. Yeah. More. And maybe Dean is a little bit a part of that. Yeah. I could see her feeling bad about it. But at the same time, it's like, you need to be able to trust your daughter to make decisions for herself as to whether or not it's going to upset her mm-hmm. instead of just assuming because that doesn't get you anywhere you know yeah we cut to emily and richard getting ready for an evening out at some charity event for like a bird or something weird you know rich people with their charity events (laughs) and richard really does not want to go um he's kind of fussing about everything and he's like well i'm gonna bring my newspaper And Emily says, you will do no such thing. You're not bringing a newspaper with you. In the middle of them getting ready, Rory comes to the door. And it does like that weird commercial break thing where it fades to black. And then it comes back from the commercial and it's still all dramatic. And she's like, Rory, what are you doing here? And she says, mom and I had a fight. And she says, well, come in, come in. And has her sit down and tells Richard to pay the cab. And she says, well, do you want to talk about it? And and Richard says, don't pry. She came here for peace. And she asks, you know, did I interrupt? Were you guys going out somewhere? I'm so sorry. And Emily says, you don't need to apologize. You are always welcome here. And she decides that she's going to stay there for the night. And Emily and Richard are left. And 
Richard says to Emily, what do you, what is this all about? And Emily says she had a fight with Lorelai and she came here. What do you think that means for Emily? Well, I think it means that for her, it was like the reason Lorelai left was because of her and, you know, because they always fought. Mm-hmm. And for Rory to come over because she got in a fight with Lorelai, mm-hmm. you know, it, it means a lot to her because maybe she isn't as awful as Lorelai made her out to be. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's kind of a redeeming moment for Emily, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. But I do wonder deep down how this is going to affect Lorelai and Emily and Rory, Mm -hmm. the three of them together. We cut back to Lorelai on the phone at her house talking to Lane's mom, who basically gives Lorelai a hard time for not knowing where Rory is, but she doesn't really seem to know where Lane is either. And she ends up hanging up on Mrs. Kim. Suki comes in and says she's not at Patty's, she's not at Luke's, she's not at the library. And then Max comes in. And he's like, we'll find her. What about her boyfriend's place? And Suki says, I'll go check. And she leaves to go look for Dean. And Lorelai says, I don't know where she is. I'm, she's never run away like this before. I'm not sure what to do. And Max says, we'll find her. We'll figure it out. And then the phone starts to ring and it's Emily. She tells Lorelai that Rory ran away there and she wanted to be in her bedroom. And Lorelai says, this is, I'm looking at her bedroom. Her bedroom is here and she is not in it. I want to talk to my daughter. Emily tells her that maybe they need to just give her space. So Lorelai says, I'll pick her up in the morning. Emily combats that with, well, you know, she's only 10 minutes from her school. That doesn't make any sense. And Lorelai says, well, then I'll pick her up at the end of the day. Why don't we just let her come back here and then we can figure out what needs to happen? You don't want her just jumping in a taxi again. Right. And coming back here. Right. Because she says, we had an argument, Mom. And she goes, "Mm, she called it a fight. She said a disagreement. She said, we just had a disagreement. She's like, well, she called it a fight. Yeah. And I... What is this? I don't know. I do not like Emily in this moment, though. No, it's very vindictive. Why can't you ever be on, like, this is why Lorelai has issues with you, woman. Yeah. Well, and this reminds (laughs) me of season, is it season five, where she drops out of Yale? Oh, yeah. And Lorelai has them all on the same page, and then all of a sudden everything flips and they're all on Rory's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a good look. I can't talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah, no. But I just, yeah. I, it's very frustrating. I don't like seeing Emily in this scene and I don't like seeing Rory or Lorelai in this scene either. Mm-hmm. But I understand. I feel how Lorelai would feel right mm-hmm. now. I'd be like, this is my daughter, like, this is why she had bound, like, she didn't want to see Emily. Yeah. Yeah. I think because she she knew that this could be an outcome. They just, can offer her a life that Lorelai can't. Yeah. And, like, Emily should be like, 
mothers and daughters, they fight. You know that. Mm-hmm. We obviously both know that. Mm-hmm. Let her cool down. Yeah. We'll figure this out, you know, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Or, you know. Yeah. Or at least knock on the door and see if Rory wants to talk to her mother. Right. Don't. It's just I don't like that. I do not like. I I'm not even bothered by Lorelai in in this part of the scene. Yeah, it it feels like a control issue, where Emily feels like now she has the control, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to relinquish that. She's like, well, Rory chose us mm-hmm. instead of staying there waiting for you. It's not a good look. No, she's trying to rub it into her face, like. Mm-hmm. Because she can't get over what Lorelai did. No. And it's just control thing, like you said, too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but we didn't get to. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, at the end of that phone call, Max says, oh, that's good. She's at your mom's. And Lorelai says, nothing is good at my mom's. Everything's horrible there. It's bad. Whatever. And he says, well, at least she's safe. You know, it's Okay. And they decide to make coffee. And he goes, why do you think, why do you think Rory ran away? And Lorelai goes, well, she's been kind of, you know, struggling with this stuff with Dean and probably you. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I didn't tell her about us because I didn't want to rub it in her face, you know? And he's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But you've told other people, right? And Lorelai says, no, it hasn't really come up. And he's like, what do you mean it hasn't come up? Why haven't you been telling people that we're talking again? Um, Because nobody's asked. There have been more pressing things to talk about in my life than my relationship. And he that is not an answer that Max likes. Mm-hmm. And he has a very hard time with that. And it gets back to the pressuring of, you know, moving forward in their relationship and and getting it where he wants it to be before she's even ready. Mm-hmm. He's like, why haven't you told people? Yeah. It's like, it, she's like, it's only been two weeks. Right. If it's only been two weeks and you haven't even gone on a date again yet, why is she going to be talking to people about it? I mean, I get what he means. Like, you didn't tell Sookie. Mm-hmm. But... This is him having no boundaries. That's something you think. Right. You think in your head. Yeah. Especially with with how it's all gone before. Mm-hmm. Then saying it. Because it is weird that she didn't tell Sookie. Yeah. I think that's the weirdest one for me. Because that's her, like, girlfriend. Yeah. That's who you go to for things. And you should be going to, besides your daughter, not to your daughter. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think that just shows a lot of hesitancy on her part. Mm-hmm. And she was busy shopping with Luke's credit card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she was like, he was, her back was towards Max when he was asking her who she's told about them. And he's like, you haven't told this person? And why haven't you told people? And she was like scooping out coffee. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if Lauren Graham was, like, scooping out each time. She, she like, did, like, four scoops. Mm-hmm. And, like, each one represented, like, Rory, Sookie, Luke, myself. 
Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it did get a little more aggressive each time. So it's quite possible. Each scoop for each person. Or she's like, not this again, please. <laughs> yeah. It's the next day and Rory comes downstairs ready to have breakfast with Emily and Richard. And they seem genuinely excited that she's there. And um, she's looking for her skirt. Emily says that her skirt is being pressed and she should have some breakfast. And by the time she's done, her skirt will be ready. She settles on some eggs and fruit. And Emily says she can bring a lunch and they'll have it ready for her to go. Her and Richard are having this great back and forth about the paper and education. They're asking her if she's ready for the school day and what she has today. And it's just like this very sweet, calming rapport. But Rory does, or no, excuse me, Emily does say that Lorelai called and she said, is she mad? And Emily told her she was concerned, but she said she'll call today after school. That's all that was said. Emily tells her that it's great having her there. She's always welcome there. And that Richard actually put down the paper at the breakfast table because of Rory. And so they have this cute little like <laughs> moment. And that's kind of where that ends for now. I, I do wonder if... They're making it overly comfortable for Rory, so she stays longer. <laughs> but I don't know. I think they just have such a peaceful way of being. Their mornings are peaceful, and that's what... Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a juxtaposition. I'm sure this was intentional from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because when Rory was getting ready in the morning, she overslept and... Mm-hmm. With Lorelai. Mm-hmm. And well, we're not overslept, seen, but she was running late. And we've seen videos of them, like those filler mm-hmm. moments where they're getting ready. And Lorelai is, you know, making the coffee and Rory's making the Pop-Tarts and they're helping each other get dressed and do their hair. And it's just a lot of, like, fussing over each other mm-hmm. where this, like... Rory was able to just get ready and then go have like a good breakfast. Yeah. And um in that scene when she's getting ready in the beginning, uh, she goes, Where's my tie? And Lorelai's mm-hmm. like, Oh, you left it down at the on the coffee table or whatever table downstairs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she knew where it was, but in this scene, um, Rory discovers her skirt has been prepared by Emily and ironed, mm-hmm. and it's just very different. Yeah, the acts of service are different. Mm-hmm. They show their love in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lorelai enters Luke's diner, and he's basically tells her that she looks rough. She says, I didn't sleep last night because Rory ran away. And Luke kind of goes off the deep end. She says, but it's okay. She's at my parents' house. And he says she'll come home. Lorelai says, I wish I could pinch Dean's head off because I can't make her feel better after this breakup. There's nothing I can do. And then he and she and Luke scheme all these different ways to get back at Dean via Taylor. Keying his car and telling him that Dean did it. Telling him that Dean littered. Telling him that Dean walks his dog without his leash. And 
you can tell that she's clearly upset and trying to process and Luke wants to be there to help her do that. As she is getting up to leave, she notices that Luke is wearing his new belt. He says, oh yeah, the old one broke. Ma'am, why are you looking? And why'd your belt break? Yeah. (laughs) Something's weird there. I'm sorry. His belt did not break. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think he just wanted to wear that belt. But what do I know? And she looked. You're right. And she looked. So. I just love his reaction to when he found out Rory went missing. Yeah. It was so much more genuine than Max's reaction. Absolutely. Although we didn't see his reaction, it's just that his worry didn't seem authentic when he walked in the door. He was worried. He wasn't worried. His feelings towards it were like, I'm just going to play this supportive role. Mm -hmm. Where Luke was genuinely worried. Yep. And genuinely upset with Dean. Dean. Yeah. Yep. I think it speaks... Where Max was like, why don't you ask Dean where she is? Mm-hmm. Whatever, Max. Max, Medina. <laughs> After leaving Luke's, Lorelai walks past the market and sees Dean working in the market. And there's this great directional moment where we were with Dean watching him unpack And we see Lorelai walk up to the door and then walk away from the door and then walk back up to the door. Like she's trying to decide, like, is this the moment where I just attack? And she gives into her intrusive thoughts and goes in, goes up to Dean and says, I just want you to know that I just think you are scum. And he's like, what are you what are you talking about? Like everyone in this town thinks I'm horrible. All I did was tell her I love her and she had nothing to say back. And Lorelai's like, what are you what? What are you talking about? And he's like, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. You can hate me all you want. And Lorelai leaves because she's like, what? Clearly, there is a misunderstanding here now. And now she finally knows the real reason why Rory and Dean broke up. And she leaves the market and wanders back, assuming home, so she can be there when Rory comes back. So let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Lorelai ends up coming back to Emily and Richards to find Rory. She goes up to the room after Emily follows her the whole way up, asking, you know, is she... Does she have a headache? She ate some breakfast, but she didn't eat some lunch. She didn't want a snack, but I sent one up there anyway. Do you want me to go in there to talk with with Rory with you? And she's like, go away. Lorelai goes in. Her and Rory hug. They apologize. And she asks Rory what happened between her and Dean. Because she says, I went into the market and I yelled at him. And he said that you... He told you he loved you and you didn't say anything back. And she goes, I I didn't. I didn't want to hurt him. And Lorelai goes, you know, there's a lot of things about you that I really love that you got from me. Like my eyes, my eyes, my love of coffee, my music, my television, all of that. But I, I am starting to really reflect on the things that I'm teaching you. And I'm afraid that I'm 
teaching you to have commitment issues. And I would hate to think that you can't tell someone you love them because of me. And Rory seems kind of taken aback by that. And Lorelai kind of continues with, there are going to be people in your life that deserve to hear that. And, you know, you shouldn't stop yourself from saying it because you're afraid of what I might think or, you know, what has happened to me. And she goes, I want you to be in a relationship where you can say those things. And Lorelai said, or Rory asks her, are you in a relationship or can you say those things or are you getting close to saying those things? And Lorelai tells her she's trying to figure that out. And she kind of has this weird look on her face where she's like, I don't know. Like, do you think she thinks she loves Max now? She says she's figuring it out. She's trying to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. I I think she's just trying to convince herself. Mm -hmm. I do, too. So they end up leaving. And there's this really sweet moment after they leave where Emily and Rich are like, well, it's just the two of us now. And they kind of walk off together. And I'm sure it was nice having Rory there to mix up their routine a little bit. Mm -hmm. But on the way home... Rory asks if she can stop at Lane's and there's this cute moment where she runs up to Lane's door, they hug and Lorelai goes back home and she gets her pocketbook out, her address book, which like nobody has anymore nowadays. Um, But she opens it up and she calls Max and says, I think I'm going to start with Richard or something Richard, Alfie Richard or Archard. I don't know, whatever. But I don't know if he's a second cousin or he he's the guy that grouted my shower, but I'm going to start with him and tell him that we're together. And then I'm going to start with everyone at the inn and going on and on about all the people she's going to tell about their relationship. And Max seems very happy with that. And he just says, good night, Lorelai. And she says, good night. And that's where it ends. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me... <sighs> The finale will bring up a lot of feelings for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will be a lot more to dissect in that episode. Yeah, because, because of, <laughs> yeah, sorry, a Go lot ahead. of things come to fruition in that episode, mm-hmm. and it does really kind of leave us with uh, what the hell. <laughs> yeah. So, how can we go from what happened this episode as far as? Lorelai makes a break into I'm going to tell people about that we're dating mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Max being like kind of upset about that mm-hmm. to what happens next episode. Like wh- that is a huge jump, a massive jump. That is an unhealthy jump, you know, mm-hmm. pass go and don't collect 200. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, whoa. it's a lot. There will be a lot to say in next week's episode for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it'll probably end up being a two-parter. Because if you think we discussed a lot this episode, (laughs) you have seen nothing yet. And we'll have an extra person too. So That will make a difference too. Yeah. 
We call this town meeting to order. All right, for this town meeting, we had 20 pop culture references, a lot less than last time. <laughs> so this will probably be a one-parter? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I can okay. make that work. Perfect. Uh, we are currently working. I am currently working on getting our list rolling for season two, like our playlist and our movies and books and all those things. So expect those to come out at some point. Um, We will have a guest our next episode. My husband will be joining us for the finale. And we are going to possibly try a visual component for the finale, but we will see. It will just take some editing on my part and learning how to edit on my part because it is just Elise and I that do everything and yeah I think that's it if you are not following us on TikTok or Instagram we are underscore growing up Gilmore underscore that's also our name on Pinterest and um, in the description you can find links to all of our social media as well as our Spotify and Apple playlist for season one and I think that's it. I have one thing I'd like to say. Um, okay. Just for anybody who's curious, I use Gilmore Girls annotated on mm-hmm. Safari a lot for the TikToks. Yeah. Um, as references, if there's if I'm ever unsure, um, what they're talking about because I've gotten comments. We've gotten comments on the TikToks that they're like, "What is all this stuff?" If you're yeah. really curious, the whoever whoever did that site does a very good job. Yeah, and definitely. they need a shout out because yeah. they get very detailed into the references. They do a great job, and they like have them all. Yeah, that's so sharp. Whoever does that, I know. So. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's great. We so, should Gilmore Girls annotated. Yeah, is awesome. what you look up. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent resource for us for sure mm-hmm. so we've been using that a lot um but other than that i think that's all we have for you so we will see you in part one next week mm-hmm. bye everyone bye